Church family, we're going to move into part four of our series on the generous life. And so in our first week, we looked at the heart of generosity. Uh, in the second week, we looked at the lifestyle of generosity. Last week, we looked at the promise of generosity. And today, we're going to look at the community of generosity. And so what we're going to be specifically looking at today is how our giving can together as a community do so much. And specifically, when I talk about our giving, I want to talk uh, in regard to uh, six different points, six different areas of giving. And, and, and in each area that I list of these six, I'll even mention a couple of items. So there's really like nine things that we're going to look at today and see how our giving uh, can make a difference. <clears throat> and again, we, we've talked in the previous weeks about our personal impact. I want you to look at now how, how our giving, when it comes together in our community as a church family, what our generosity can do. For each point, uh, I'm going to be taking a look at uh, a challenge, a next step that you can take uh, in that area of giving. And uh, just a reminder, uh, if you go to graceandpeace.org, if you haven't already pulled them down, you can download notes for today's message. Uh, so you can uh, work the fill-ins, but this is definitely a message, especially since we're doing this from home, where you can uh, take a look and uh, jot some notes on what God speaks to you personally uh, regarding this area of giving. And then, then, you know, my thought is, man, if we can just take these notes, just keep them in the front of our Bible, keep them with our devotional stuff, our prayer stuff. And then just throughout this next year, keep an eye, look at how is our generosity doing. Over this next year, I know that taking just a step in each of these areas of our generosity can do so much to grow and stretch our impact as a church. And of course, that means to grow our impact personally. So uh, let's take a look. We're going to start into our first area of generosity. And again, if you're filling in your notes, uh, it has to do with our time and our talents. So the first area of our generosity as a community that we can give has to do with our time and our talents. Now, I don't think I have this verse. As a matter of fact, no, I can see we don't have this on your notes. But if you want to jot down Ephesians chapter 5 and verses 15 to 17. It says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So when it comes to our time and our talents, time man, is about as precious a commodity as, as we could get. And time isn't something that we can store or that we can save. We have to use it as it comes and make the most of what we have. And then when we look at our talents, God has placed, and we talk about this with great regularity, talents, abilities, giftings inside us so that we can use them to bless others. So just what are some ways where you can take a step in giving your time and your talents to help others in the move forward? Uh, maybe it's making more of an effort to spend time with family, time with spouse, time with our kids. Uh, maybe it's to invest some time helping out with chores around the house. 
maybe there's a way that you know that you can give of your time uh, or your abilities to a, a coworker, a friend, a colleague, uh, somebody in the church family, maybe volunteering around the church. And I'm going to get back to that at the end of the message because we do have an area of great need. And maybe uh, giving of our time means, yeah, I'm just going to commit to be more of a good listener when others are speaking and talking to me. So I would invite you, before we go on to our next point, just kind of prayerfully get those wheels turning. Lord, what is a way that I can just take one simple step moving forward with my time, with my talents, just engaging uh, those around me, that, that circle of influence that you've given me? Where could I take a, a deeper step with my time or the giving of my talents? You know, going back to helping out with chores around the house, I can remember a time uh, we have uh, family uh, in Pennsylvania, and I can remember uh, a time years ago where I just took the initiative, um, and, and unfortunately, you know, for me, a growth area, this is not an area where I normally take the initiative, but we had just got done with a holiday family dinner, and the dishes were piled through the roof, and I thought, you know, I came here, I partook in the food, uh, let me go ahead and uh, help with the dishes. And, you know, I can remember at the time, and it's something that I continue to do when we go up there to this day, uh, and, and just it's an opportunity where I could be a tangible blessing. Uh, it's just a simple thing, you know, uh, that just made a big difference in showing some caring for my family up there. So uh, it could be something in that kind of a setting. Uh, but maybe uh, a good thing that we can do is just look in our day-to-day -day lives what is one step that we can take that's going to make a difference in, in the lives of the people around us, in our time and in our giving of our talents? All right. The second area we can follow through on our notes uh, is prayer. We can be more generous with prayer. And, you know, for us as pastors and leaders at the church, one of our main elder targets continues to be that we would be a people and place of prayer. So we just want to continue to stretch and to grow when it comes to prayer. And prayer, it's an, in, uh, an investment that is absolutely priceless when we make it an investment of prayer into someone else's life. Many things happen or don't happen in our world because of the prayers or lack of prayers of God's people. He's told us in his word that he moves through the prayers of his people and he moves through believing prayer. And, you know, the, the sad state of things is oftentimes we're more guilty of talking about prayer than actually doing the work of prayer. So, hey, let me ask a question, a challenge question, as we're taking notes and as we're reflecting this morning. Uh, how are we doing with prayer for the people that, in our, that are in our lives around us all the time? People in our circles of influence, family, co-workers, church family. Um, you know, and when we talk about praying for others, praying for every aspect of their lives, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, you know, if there's tangible specific needs that they have, you know, and sometimes even asking, how can I best be praying for you? That's something that I've been purposing, that I've been trying to do more these days is find out specifically, how can I be praying for others? And uh, you have a bunch of scriptures listed on your note sheet there. Um, if you're if you're kind of short on, well, hey, how would I go about, you know, in a quality way, praying for others? I've listed a bunch of great prayers that are right in the Word of God. So let's take a look at some of them, okay? Ephesians six eighteen, 
first of all says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So that's just a nugget verse that really encapsulates our target that we want to live as a people of prayer, that as a grace and peace community, we want to be a place of prayer. Praying individually, praying in our ministry areas, uh, uh, praying with regularity in our services as a part of our culture, having more times of prayer, engaging more people, activating more people in prayer, right? On and on it goes. Uh, household prayer, praying um, uh, with, with, with people outside of church, you know, just, just getting together to pray. All right, let's take a look at some of these verses that'll give us some great prayer points. Second uh, Corinthians 13, seven. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong so that God's people will see that we have stood the test, but that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. So there's a little bit of context in that verse. I won't paint the whole picture out, but that's praying for people to walk out God's righteousness, walk out God's best, do things as God would have us to do. What a great prayer for us to pray for others, that they would not fail in walking out God's good purposes. Ephesians 1, 18 and 19, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength, and it goes on to share more. Uh, Ephesians 3, 16 to 18, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And there are so many other verses that are listed out here for us. I won't read them all, but I listed a whole bunch of them that we can make points, that we can pray for God's people, and we can pray for the, uh, those that we love. So, hey, uh, a challenge. What is one next step that we can take to be a people of prayer? Maybe just go ahead and jot that down, prayerfully ask God, um, hey, every Sunday evening we have a prayer call. Maybe it's engaging, that prayer call. We have anywhere uh, since the new year started, it's grown. We have anywhere from 40 to 50 uh, phone lines, and sometimes there's couples and even uh, families that are on the phone lines. Uh, wouldn't it be great if we had that prayer call running 100 people strong, 100 phone lines strong, coming and seeking God for revival, for prayer needs, covering all the different things that we cover in prayer. So um, it may, may that be so. Maybe that's your next step to take. Amen. All right, a third area uh, where we can take a next step in generosity as a church community, individually and as a community, right? Number three is in the area of love and forgiveness. And hey, we've been speaking about this. I mean, just over these last couple of years, this becomes a regular point for us to revisit our culture, our times, the issues that we face have become things that many have allowed to be divisive, toxic, um, and polarizing uh, in our families, in our relationships, in our culture. So to make to make the concerted effort 
to make it an intentional point that in 2022, we're going to be people of love and forgiveness like never before. Oh, I tell you what, that makes us dangerous to the enemy. We still speak the truth. We don't compromise. You know, we love enough to care and to confront and all of those things. But we live in a place of love, the agape love of God. That's the love described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And um, it says, by the way, in verse 8 of 1 Corinthians 13, that love never fails. So as we deal with things that hurt our heart, when we deal with things that so deeply trouble us in our world, we have to navigate the traps and the, the pits and the snares of the enemy that would want to make us bitter and that would want to make us unforgiving, that would want to make us uh, sarcastic and negative and um, critical and all of those ugly things. But to stay in a posture of love, to allow the love of God that's on the inside to continue to pour out of us. So uh, we, we want to be people that not only continue to give, not only are generous, but increase our generosity and love and in the forgiving of others. And how many know in those areas, we can never give too much. So uh, oftentimes too, people aren't very good at communicating their love. So maybe that's something for us to think about. You know, we might feel love and appreciation toward others in our lives. Do we take the time to communicate that love? Maybe that's a next step is to be more uh, demonstrative in our love. Uh, Colossians 3 verses 12 to 14 tells us, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Bear with one another and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against some. Forgive as the Lord forgave you and over all of these virtues put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. So, hey, there's lots of ways that we can choose to make application uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, uh, generosity, growing in generosity for love and forgiveness. Let me just ask, is there anybody that you're holding unforgiveness toward? Is there anybody today that you have to say, I have to release forgiveness? Uh, is there anybody in your life that maybe you'd say, hey, I've allowed familiarity well, the phrase goes, familiarity breeds contempt. Maybe it's not contempt, but maybe we've let familiarity uh, come into our lives in such a way where we've neglected to demonstrate love in the way that God would have us do. So maybe the next step is I'm going to just love better. Hey, thinking um, about generosity as a community, maybe toward our church family, maybe toward people who are thinking differently, maybe people who we are challenged with. Uh, just making the decision, I'm going to love them, I'm going to forgive them, I'm going to serve them, and just make that decision. And by the way, I just want to point out Luke 6.38. Well, actually, in, in Luke 6, uh, starting in verse 27, it talks about loving others and loving our enemies. It talks about not bringing judgment toward others. And it's interesting, this verse, Luke 6.38 says, so this is the whole context. Love your enemies, you know, uh, do not judge others. And then it says, give, and it will be given to you in verse 38. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. 
So interesting that this verse on give and it will be given unto you is in this context of sowing love and forgiveness and loving the unlovely and loving our enemies. Really powerful stuff, right? So what's a challenge? What's a next step that you can take to be more generous in love and forgiveness in this next year? All right, we're moving forward. Checking our time here. How we doing? All right, good. Uh, number four is let's in this next year be generous in encouragement. Can you say amen? Proverbs 15, 23 says, A man has joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season. How good it is. What a great verse talking about, you know, an aptly given word of encouragement. You know, and, and as I, I spoke about in love and forgiveness, there's so much that is toxic and grieving and difficult in our world today. And our world church is filled with discouraged people. They're desperate for some good news. You know, what is the stereotype of conversations? And you want to know, what? especially for us here in our Northeast culture, right? Making jokes, cuts, digs, slams, sarcasm. By the way, the word sarcasm means to cut. It should really be called scarcasm because it usually causes wounds, you know, as, as we engage in it. You know, when everyone tries to laugh and tries to, to one-up, you know, and often it's just the right recipe to get in the flesh. And then rather than sewing in a way where we're grabbing the other person by the hand and pulling them higher in Christ, we're actually shoving at them, putting a dig at them, putting them down a little bit. Let me just say, man, if we live in that place, we ought to repent for that. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Life and death is in what we say. May we, in this next year, be generous with encouragement. And again, as a balancing statement, it doesn't mean we can't say the hard thing. It doesn't mean we don't correct or reproof or instruct. But there's a way to do it where it is life-giving. There's a way to do it where it is just so, so uh, uplifting to the other person. Even if the person's a little sensitive, they'll thank us when it's coming first from love, like we just talked about in our last point, knowing that it's encouragement. We call them higher. And when we affirm people's gifts and what people are doing right, guess what? It's going to pull them into that place more and more. So just imagine that across our church family. You know, there's, there's some folks that I run into that I don't hear from unless they have a complaint. It ought to be that we hear from each other when we value, and, and this is not me pandering for encouragement, I'm okay, <laughs> amen. What I'm saying is it ought to be that around our family and our community, and we're just pouring encouragement. Not, not, and I'm not talking about flattery. Uh, I'm not talking about kissing up. I'm talking about looking for things in others, seeing the gold that God put inside the other person and calling that out in Jesus' name. So let's remember here today, words can cut deep and hurt, uh, even though we don't often show it. So let's, let's be people of great, great impact. What is one step that we can take? By the way, let me meddle a little bit here and let me go back to our families and our households. Man, when familiarity gets in there, we can stop appreciating. We could stop sharing what we value and what we esteem in the other person. 
you know, I heard somebody say, and I've never forgotten about it, what is the definition of success? It's that people that know me best love and respect me most. And you know, the way we keep that cultivated and flourishing is when we behind the scenes to the people that we do life with most so love and forgiveness and encouragement like we're talking about in this point so let's not follow the world's example the world is ugly and the world tears down and the the world takes our frustrations out on others let's be like christ let's build each other up amen so what's a step that you can take in this next year to in our community be more of a person of encouragement all right number six on our list we can be more generous with our possessions and our resources so what resources has god given you what are your belongings that could be stewarded for the lord and maybe it's something during this season where you're a snowblower can be a blessing to your neighbor uh, and I'm sure many of you have done that. I know we have a quite generous, quite giving uh, church family, a very loving, caring church family here. Um, but that's just one practical example. You know, maybe there's something uh, that we have that God will show us opportunities through this year that part of what we have and own can be a blessing for others to use, a blessing for the kingdom to be built up. Uh, you, you know, it's interesting uh, on my street, you know, uh, flagpoles. Uh, actually, I don't have a flag mount on, on my house. I've wanted to purpose to get one. Uh, but I've noticed during the year, um, you know, uh, on, on 4th of July and Flag Day, people will have American flags up. Uh, during the holiday season, uh, some sometimes people, not holiday season, um, well, actually, yeah, for holidays. I was thinking during football season, people will have their favorite team uh, hanging. Uh, but there's a house down the road where I've never seen it before. There's a flag that just said, Jesus is Lord. You know, I just wanted to lean on my horn as I was driving by their house. I thought, so great, you know, just to, to just declare Christ, you know, to take, you know, your property and let it be something that glorifies the Lord. That's a testimony for the Lord. So what is it of our resources? What is it of our belongings? In Matthew 25, 34 to 46, then the king will say to those on his right hand, come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. What a great invitation. May we all hear that. And he goes on to say in verse 35, for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink. When did we see you a stranger or take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. And so, wow, that, that, that is a verse that speaks directly to taking of our resources, taking of what belongs to us and making sure that we use it to love and care for the world around us and to serve the world around us. So, you know, I believe that we shouldn't just give things away that we don't want. And you've probably heard me mention that in morning services, 
that is a stewardship issue. And, and yes, there is a giving to that. Um, but I think it's even more in the realm of generosity when we give to the point of sacrifice. So not only just giving away things that we don't want or need anymore, but regularly practicing uh, giving away of what is of value to us. And, you know, we control our possessions or our possessions will control us. So I want to challenge as, as we look at this point, is there anything of your resources, of your possessions that can be a gift to others, that can steward others? Is there anything that God wants to do in your life to make sure you've got your possessions and they don't have you? Is there anything of sacrifice that you can do that will bless your heart as you bless others? All right, and then our last area that we're gonna look at of these six different areas where we can, as a community, grow in generosity together. And that last one is money. So we talk about this at the offering time with great regularity. But Matthew 6.24 makes it clear, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And the scriptures tell us, you know, when it comes to finance, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so we really need to come to terms. As a matter of fact, the Lord says that money is, it's a testing ground. It actually tells us in scripture that we need to be able to be trusted with finances. Listen to what the word says, before we can be trusted with true riches. So our world looks at money as riches. No, it's a stepping stone or, or um, it's, it's a, uh, a door we can walk through. It's not the only doorway by any stretch, but it's a door that we can walk through to true riches. And it certainly is this. It's a proving ground for our test. It's a test of our faithfulness to where God can trust us in other areas. So again, uh, oftentimes either we master our money or money masters us. And so it says, we're going to love the one and despise the other. Uh, so very sobering words from the Lord when it comes to our finance. And one of the reasons that it's a good practice to regularly sow away finances is it reminds ourselves that we control it, not it controls us. So challenge on this final point that we're looking at here today. What is a step that you can take? to grow in generosity with your finance. Now, as we get ready to uh, close this message here today, um, first and foremost, when we look at growing in generosity, you know, the, the world gives and the Lord gives. And the Lord says that he gives not as the world gives. If you don't yet know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I'll be at the end of this service. I'll come on with a video and lead in a prayer of salvation. We can't become the people of generosity that God has called us to until we first know him in our hearts as Lord and Savior. So again, our first action step today is we need to invite Christ to be Lord of our lives if he's not already there. And then, of course, there might be those today that would need to say, I need to, in a fresh way this morning, surrender my life to Christ. And again, when I lead us in this prayer at the end, certainly pray that prayer to rededicate your life to the Lord. 
All right. Uh, so then from there, that's our starting point. That's our foundation. We looked at six different areas, time and talent, prayer, love and forgiveness, encouragement, possessions and resources, and finance, money. As we looked at all of these areas, my challenge to you was to look at one specific step that you can take in each of those areas. And hear me clearly, I, I wouldn't try to do all six all at once. Like I said at the beginning of the message, I hope you took some notes today and you can keep these notes in your Bible and let it be that generosity becomes an intentional growth point over this next calendar year. But we're talking about church as a community here today. And so I want to make you aware of one is an area of great need. And then the other one is an area of growing our vision. All right. So the area of great need has to do with uh, serving in our children's ministry. So uh, the last time we made a plug uh, specifically like this uh, in a service we were in major need in our food pantry. And I'm so proud of you as our church family because you stepped right up and we were able to engage uh, more folks and get the help we needed into our food pantry. There's always need for more, uh, uh, but, but the, the, just the point that I'm making is you stepped up so beautifully. The area of need that I wanna bring before you today is in our children's ministry. And in our pre-COVID days, we had uh, somewhere around 32 people that were staffing our Wednesday and Sunday children's ministry. And even at that point, we were looking to grow the servants so that the people who were serving, uh, you, you know, wouldn't be just overly taxed in their serving. Well, post COVID and particularly post this last spike of COVID that we had through the holiday season, we are down to 13 active workers right now in our children's ministry. And it's for a variety of reasons. Some had moved, uh, some uh, had children and they're out for a season. Uh, but that's a lot of workload on a small group of people considering one of the core heartbeat areas of vision for our church is that we would have world-class, dynamic, vibrant children's ministry. So we got the facility, we've got the heart, we've got the vision, we've got the tools and resources, and we've got a core of dedicated people that are holding the line. If you can serve in any way, in our, uh, so this goes back to our action point of time and talents. Uh, there is a process, there's background check, there's a very, you know, um, there, we, we very much scrutinize as we bring people in because we want our children to be absolutely safe. But we're calling our church family, our, uh, uh, our, our home church family, even some of our parents. We'd love for it to be that it would only be once a month where you'd have to serve. But if you can help us in that area, Oh, that would be so, so wonderful. Help us take that vision to the next level of investing in our children. Not tomorrow's church, today's church. And I know you say amen to that. All right. And then the other area community-wide, and you don't hear me talk very often uh, about um, our giving as a church and challenging you to increase your giving. Oftentimes, we're really trying to focus on here's what 
our giving is doing. Here is how the vision is rolling forward. And remember, there's ministry on the campus. There's ministry in our community. There's ministries that we stand with that are touching our college campuses, touching our nation, uh, and touching uh, the, the advance of the gospel in nations around the world, reaching unreached peoples. It truly is incredible what God is doing through our vision, through our church family. Uh, but we need to see we're not in any um, hardship, but certainly the vision that God has given us, we are not yet fully walking out. And so we have vision, and now we are trusting God for the provision of that vision. Amen. And so what I'm simply asking here today is we grow in our generosity. I'm asking every one of us included, this is including me, can we take one step forward in our generosity? There might be somebody watching and saying, but pastor, I want to take four steps. Take four steps forward. That is okay. But I'm just asking everybody, if you'd be willing to just, just take one step and you're given. And you might ask, well, what do you mean? What does that look like? Well, there might be some who come out to Grace and Peace, maybe you watch online, and you would call Grace and Peace home, and you partake of the, the fruit and the ministry of it, and you've not, not yet given. Uh, we have been, uh, the, the various teaching pastors, trying to make known uh, just how good the ground is that you're sowing into when you sow into your church community, your church family here, and all that it's doing to touch and impact lives. Uh, so maybe for some today, it would be, I'm going to take a first step and I'm going to start giving. I'm going to start giving wherever I can. And then maybe for others, you'd say, well, I give, but it's very sporadic. And I'm going to start to consistently give. Whatever you can do in faith, whatever you can at this point do uh, with, with uh, joy, right? Because God loves a cheerful giver. He doesn't want grumpy givers. Whatever you can do in joy and whatever you can do in faith. Maybe your step is, I'm going to start consistently giving. You know, what really helps me um, know that my giving is happening where I don't have to think about it, I have automated my giving. My, my uh, check comes in, my wife's check comes in, um, and we automate our giving. And we use the text to give. As soon as anything comes that's not automated, uh, I go right to text to give to make sure that, that it's happening regularly. So that's something that you can avail yourself of. Um, so uh, starting giving, if we haven't, getting to regular giving, and then maybe for some, you know, in membership class, we've encouraged folks start the journey of giving, but the challenge is to get to the point to where we're giving proportionate. And that's the tithe that God asks us for the tithe to go into the storehouse, 10% of our giving. I can remember when I got to 10% of my net and for, you know, for my wife and I, we got to giving 10% of our net. And then we took uh, giving 10% of our gross and, uh, and getting that going on a regular basis. There's some that, you know, you could look and you could say, yeah, I could, I could take that step of faith today and trust God and move into tithing. I just had somebody who reached out to me. I'll share their testimony when I get it. They said, I'm loving the series. They're a young adult in our church. They said, I'm loving the series, and I want to share my testimony of what God did when I started tithing, when I took the step of faith to tithe. So we'll keep you posted on that testimony. I know somebody in my growth group too, uh, who had uh, taken the time to say, man, in the beginning, I was very, very hesitant. Uh, but as we took the step to start consistently giving to the Lord, 
the blessing that came on our life. And, and, and that's the truth of it. As a, as a church, we're not going to harangue you and manipulate you and pressure you. But we know as a follower of Christ, we can't escape the truth. We're called to give. We're called to be generous. So giving that tithe, that might be the next step for some. And then for others, you'd say, you know what? I'm in a position to start moving into generosity. Once I got to the point of giving to the tithe, then it started moving into, and how can I do above and beyond that? What can I do? So above and beyond the tithe, there's missions. My family, we give regularly to missions. And then when there's special projects that come up that we can sow into special projects. And then there's other needs that we see that we sow into. And for me, my goal is I want to become more and more generous. And I'm a big believer that, you know, um, inch by inch, don't despise those inches. They become miles. So if I just make the decision, I want to grow by a step this year and by a step next year and by a step next year, what does that look like on the other side there? So as we wrap up this message here today, Man, we began the series talking about the heart of generosity is out of our love for God. Church, hear me one more time as I just leaned in and challenged you to step out in serving and to step out in the giving of finance. Let's go back to the heart of generosity. I love my God. I love God's people. I love my church. I love the vision of my church. And because of that, in these six different areas. I want to make it a 2022 project that I'm going to grow in the grace of giving. I want to encourage you, if you're taking one of these steps today, I'd love to know what the steps are that you're taking. Let us know at the church. It could be as simple as info at graceandpeace.org and say, I heard Pastor Jim's message. Here's my challenge that I'm taking. Man, I would love to hear that. I would love for my inbox to blow up with all of the uh, steps that everybody is taking in this next calendar year by faith, trusting God. And church, let me just dream with me. What does it look like at the end of this calendar year when we, for these 12 months of 2022, have been purposeful to grow? in giving away our time, giving away our talents, giving away our prayer, giving away our love and our forgiveness, giving away our encouragement, giving of our possessions and our resources, and giving of our finance. How much more can we do? And let me say something, church. God has given me a word in my heart that this year is the rebuild, reset year. We're coming out of all this nonsense. There might be ongoing hardships, ongoing challenges in these last days. But this season that we're in, this last couple of years, church, it's shifting. And we want to build and grow and move forward. The field is white unto harvest. That means that there are discouraged, broken, hurting people all around us that the Lord wants us to reach in greater and greater ways. So hear me, thank you so much for the incredible generosity that this church family has modeled, not only over the last years, decades, but what you have modeled through these last couple of difficult years. And hear me now say thank you 
for your response to this challenge. I've received the challenge. I'm growing in generosity over this next year. I thank God. I know you are too. So Father, as we close this service today, work in power in our lives. We surrender ourselves to you. Use us. Work through us. Let us be an instrument of resource to our world around us. Grow our capacity to give ourselves away. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, church. See you during the week.